Well, how are we feeling after last night? If you're anything like me, you're feeling so desperately sad for Ben, grateful for Pam, angry at Phil, and sympathy for a helpless Callum. It's the day after Ben made a hasty exit from Ruby's and he's sitting in the flat, looking so downtrodden. He's cast in shadow, he's staring into space, and he's rubbing his forehead so slowly, as if just moving his effort. Callum's across the room, getting his little backpack of mystery ready on the table, as he glances at Ben before huffing and shaking his head. He's waiting for Ben to be forthcoming with whatever the problem is, and is clearly frustrated that it doesn't happen. He decides to drop a hint by joking about how much he agrees with the Mitchell saying I'd rather have a black eye and an earache than get the silent treatment. It's the first of many little throwbacks from Johnny, as we saw Ben say this phrase back in August when Callum disapproved of his deal with Kirit. We've also seen Phil use the phrase to Cat as well, so it's definitely a Mitchell thing. And of course Callum would agree with it, he's definitely got Mitchell traits. Plus we also know he hates Ben shutting down on him. I think he finds it easier when Ben's being confrontational and gobby, because at least that's communicating, and he can give as good as he gets. But a withdrawn Ben is hard to reach. Ben informs Callum that he's not giving him the silent treatment. What he means is he's not doing it on purpose, he's not angry at Callum or punishing him. He's just tired. And he doesn't want to acknowledge how he's feeling, to himself or to Callum. Callum is brilliant, as we all know, but he's not a mind reader. He will be aware of the strain the attack is having on Ben I'm sure, but not the sheer extent of it, the feelings of hopelessness and fear Ben has. It seems he hasn't quite realized that Ben flinching at his touch in the club points to a fear of public displays of affection and of giving someone a reason to attack them again. He points out that Ben's barely spoken a word to him since he left Ruby's, and pleads to Ben for them to talk about it now that they've slept on it because that's their way. Which is just gorgeous, by the way. That acknowledgement that they are normally great at communicating, have learned to talk to each other and the secrets are kept to a minimum. When nothing is getting in the way of their relationship, it's healthy and strong, and they're a team. It's just unfortunate that they happen to be on a soap where drama is never far behind. Ben doesn't respond, he doesn't know how to, and Callum reacts by apologizing again for talking to Phil. He's assuming, like he did the night before, that Ben's being off with him because he's annoyed at him. It's the only sense he can make of Ben pulling away and not talking to him, as it happened after he told Ben what he did. Ben cuts him off by insisting that he knows, he knows Callum was just trying to help. It's just not the issue currently eating him up. He tells Callum again that he's fine and they should just move on. But that statement is rather telling, isn't it? Dash no one actually asked if he was fine, it's like he just said it because he knows he's not fine and is trying to convince himself more than Callum that he is. Or maybe he just meant he's fine as in he can handle what Phil is throwing at him, or that he's fine as in not annoyed at Callum for trying to lighten his load. Whatever he meant, he is definitely not fine. Callum's still looking for ways to make things better, bless him. This is what he does. Fixing things and identifying solutions is one of his strengths, not to mention his tendency to simply not give up. So he suggests to Ben that they go away somewhere, just the two of them to anywhere Ben wants. He's trying to remove Ben from his situation in the hopes it will help, and letting him choose where they go as well. He's desperate to perk Ben up a bit. But Ben is, of course, resistant, his insistence that he can't because he's got too much on is quiet and resigned. Getting away from his distraction technique probably isn't something Ben wants to do, especially as the pressure's been piled on by Phil to do it, not to mention that the fear probably plays into it as well, 
if they're going away as a couple then they're more likely to be doing coupley things in public which is currently terrifying for Ben. At Callum's reasoning that Phil and Kirit can surely let him off the hook for a couple of days, Ben simply shakes his head and looks away, indicating to Callum that he's not changing his mind and he should drop it. But it's all just so subdued from Ben, and Callum tells him that he hates seeing him like this. He tells Ben he loves him, like a reminder to Ben why he's not giving up easily, and maybe also an attempt to get Ben to say something to him, to come back to him. And Ben's reciprocation, which comes instantly and unequivocally as he looks right at Callum to say it, seems to suggest it worked, at least in that moment. He goes on to insist once more that he's fine, he doesn't need Callum to look after him. Of course, another element of his shutting down, hinted at in the hospital scene with Honey, is that he doesn't feel like he has the right to admit that he's not okay, because Callum is the one who got hurt in the attack and it's Ben who should be looking after him. So Callum continuing to ask if he's okay just adds to his feeling of guilt. Callum has to leave it there because he's off to work, but he makes it clear that it's not the end of it, informing Ben that they will continue this later. Ben does nod his head, but probably only to appease Callum, it is rather half-hearted. Callum's coat is on, rainbow badge still holding firm on his lapel, and he takes another worried glance at Ben before leaving the flat. And poor Ben, struggling in the darkness. Later, we come back to Ben in the flat, and he's day drinking, bottle of beer in hand. At least he's moved positions, I guess. His phone rings, and it's Phil on the caller ID. He doesn't answer it, which is pretty telling to me, he's throwing himself into the business but he doesn't want to engage any more than he has to, particularly as he's trying not to acknowledge the reason he's doing it. And I guess there is the possibility that he's declined it because he's worried Phil is calling to ease his workload, like Callum had asked him to. As he's putting his phone away, the door goes and naturally Ben thinks it's Callum so calls out to him. When there's no response, Ben turns around just in time to see a sight for sore eyes, it's Pam. She greets him with a how you doing handsome, and although you can see Ben is pleased to see her, that simple question being asked when he knows he's not doing well has his face dropping and looking away. When we come back to them, Pam is making them tea, dismissing Ben's comment that he should be the one doing it, telling him that he's always made a terrible cup of tea. She jokes that he's had a nasty shock so has made it extra strong, except not really joking. She hasn't let on just yet that she knows about the attack, so covers the comment by saying she'll call ahead next time, i.e., the shock is her turning up out of the blue. But we know the real reason she's made that tea extra strong. And Ben insists that she never has to do that, she's always a sight for sore eyes, earning him a little face squish from Pam. She acknowledges the beer bottle on the table, commenting that he started early and he freezes a little because he knows what it looks like, like he's not okay. But when Pam asks he tries to brush it off, saying it's just to take the edge off ahead of a meeting he's got with his dad later. Pam knows it's not the truth, and also knows at this point that Ben's not going to be forthcoming about what's happened, so she gently reveals to him that Kathy told her about the attack. Which did surprise me, didn't have Kathy down as the one to tell her. As we know, Kathy didn't seem to pick up on the fact Ben was particularly affected by what happened, but it sounds like as she was telling Pam about how Callum got hurt, Pam knew straight away what that would mean for Ben. She comments that this world never ceases to let Ben down, filled with sadness, and she's right. In fact I don't think she even knows how right she is, because it goes back further than Paul, the world has been letting Ben down ever since he was a child. And the little HM from Ben. He knows, and is tired of pretending otherwise. Pam making the connection to Paul out loud threatens to overwhelm Ben, 
as well as the fact she's come down specifically to check that Ben is okay after the attack, because she's recognized the parallels. She asks Ben again if he is, imploring him to tell him the truth. And we've got a slow zoom in on Ben's face as his walls start crumbling, especially in the face of someone who knows from first-hand experience that he can't just be okay after what happened. It's a quiet, almost subconscious no from Ben, and so childlike in the way he pouts his lip and shakes his head. He even says it again, like he's acknowledging to himself as well as Pam that he's not okay. Pam is instantly reaching for him and bringing him in, and Ben goes willingly, finally letting himself release some of that fear and sadness as he cries and sniffles in her arms. He's allowing himself to have this, and Pam is really the only one he feels he doesn't have to be brave for, something she confirms herself. With Callum being the one who got hurt, Ben has felt he hasn't got the right to have such a bad reaction to what happened, which is partly why he's been trying to bury it. But Pam knows without having to be told and Ben doesn't shoulder responsibility to her the way he feels he has to with the loved ones he sees every day. And hence it's just easier to let himself go a bit in her company. While Ben is finally allowing himself to feel his feelings, he's missing a meeting set up by Phil, meeting money laundering clients to start the handover process. He's waiting at Ruby's, and Ben does turn up, apologizing for being late and explaining that Pam came round. He sits down and takes a look around, question on the tip of his tongue about where these clients are, but Phil informs him that they've gone, he's not just late, he's late late. And Phil's not happy, demanding a good excuse because the undertaker's wife isn't going to cut it. And if that doesn't tell you how this conversation is going to go. Referring to Paul's nan as someone's wife is not only an insult to Pam, but an insult to what she means to Ben, what Paul means to Ben. Phil's just completely ignored what Callum said to him about Ben not being right, and he's ignored Ben's own body language and behavior. Ben retorts that it's chicken shops, and it's not like he needs to learn how to use a deep fat fryer, because it's just a front, he's done the money laundering himself, and I think maybe this is just another sign for him that nothing ever changes with Phil, another aspect of his life that he tries so hard in but it never gets him anywhere. And it's something he's always known, really, but he's always had fight in him to keep trying. But the effects of the attack are spreading to all parts of his life. That feeling that there's no point in anything, no point in trying. And of course his identity as a gay man is intertwined with the relationship with his dad as well. Part of his fight to be who he is, is against who Phil wants him to be. Phil's not impressed and thinks Ben is trying to be funny, and Ben's indifference at the seriousness of missing the meeting with the clients, who they launder the money to, annoys him. He points out to Ben that he's looking at life inside and that he's offering Ben the keys. The infamous keys? He says it like Ben should be grateful. Grateful that he's being trusted as a last resort, because Phil physically won't be able to run it anymore. Trusted because Phil can always rely on Ben's long-standing need to prove himself. At the question of whether Ben wants the keys, Ben doesn't answer, breaks eye contact to look away. The look on his face. Although he's tired, there's unmistakable anger there too. He's too tired to suck it up, too tired to pretend he wants it because he knows whatever he does won't change what Phil thinks of him. And it seems to take Phil aback, that Ben isn't jumping at the chance to help him and step up. Even though they're a bit more distant these days, the fact that Phil's facing life behind bars means Phil's probably expecting him to care a little bit more. But for Ben it's just too much effort to be strong, and to have the emotional capacity to deal with the prospect of his dad being sent down. Phil asks what the matter is with him, and don't we just love the way Phil just doesn't get it, at all. It gets worse as he points out that Callum's the one that got roughed up and he's not getting stressed out. 
He's dealing with it so why can't Ben? Gee, I wonder why Ben would get stressed out about a homophobic attack similar to the one that killed his boyfriend. How inconsiderate of Ben to not just get over it. Ben nods and smiles humorlessly, we know he's been thinking the same thing. It's what has made him so closed off and unwilling to admit what he's feeling, because he thinks he doesn't have the right. And in contrast to Pam telling him he doesn't have to be brave in front of her, he's now got Phil literally telling him the opposite. And it's nothing he hasn't heard before, the fact he's a disappointment in comparison to every other possible son figure Phil could have. Ben sarcastically apologizes that Phil doesn't have a proper man for a son and suggests they hope Raymond doesn't grow up to like boys, because then Phil can live his life through him instead. Phil tells him they've been down this road, that he accepts Ben for who he is. But it's not just about accepting Ben being gay, it's accepting the kind of gay man he is, the kind of man he is full stop. It's all well and good to tolerate the fact that Ben is married to another man, but he's always tried to mold Ben in his own image and although it's been ingrained in Ben to strive for that image, it's not him. He's not tough and blokey and straight acting. When he needs support, he doesn't get it because he's expected to just get over it. Phil liked Callum because he was more the sort of gay man Phil could get on board with, just look at the comparison he made between him and Paul, who he thought was too airy-fairy. Phil doesn't get that Ben is nothing like him at all, he's not just the gay version of him, he's not him in pretty much any aspect that Phil expects him to be. And Ben's tired of trying to make out like he is. Phil talks about Ben stepping up for his family when they need him, as if the scene where Ben tells him Callum and Lexi are his family didn't happen. The Slaters, or whatever family Phil is talking about, aren't his responsibility, but Phil's trying to force him into seeing them as such to make himself feel less guilty for leaving them behind. But not a thought put towards leaving Ben behind. And not only that but he's piled more weight and guilt on Ben's shoulders about his actual family and stepping up for them, more pressure to act like he's got it together for their sake. Phil leaves Ben in the club fighting back tears. Angry tears, I reckon. Phil is a massive part of why Ben has spent his life fighting and trying to be someone else, and the attack has opened all of that up again. His identity as a gay man runs back to how Phil has made him feel from when he was young, it's all tangled up. On to our last scene of the EP, Callum coming home to find Ben pouring himself a glass of whiskey. And he sounds a bit panicky to find him like that, telling him that's enough now. Callum knows all about people using alcohol to self-medicate, his dad did it, Stuart did it, even Callum tends to himself on occasion. But the hard stuff is a sign something is very wrong. Because that's not just taking the edge off, that's numbing, that's trying to forget. And when Ben is feeling particularly low, it's whiskey or vodka he tends to turn to. We've seen it during Paul's anniversary, and several times during his struggle to deal with the hearing loss. He also turned up to Callum and Whitney's flatwarming party drunk, and Callum saw for himself the pain Ben felt at losing Paul, how much he struggled with himself. So, Callum is really worried now, and he pleads with Ben to talk to him. He tells him he loves him more than anything in this world, he's trying to get a response, like he did earlier when he told Ben he loved him. But Ben's barely looking at him now, barely acknowledging him. It's like a total shutdown and it scares Callum, he wants Ben to talk to him so he can help. What's interesting is that the camera never leaves Ben for most of this scene, like we're in Ben's world and to him, everyone seems distant, in the peripheral. Callum's trying to break through to him but it's over 10 years of trauma he's dealing with here and Ben's feeling pretty hopeless right now, like there's no point to anything. Callum tells him they can get through anything if they're in it together, but because Ben feels so alone in how he's feeling, 
I reckon he's doubting the truth of that statement. Callum begs for Ben to talk to him, desperation creeping in. He's desperate to fix it for Ben, because that's what he does. And he's good at it, he's so good at the support, at knowing what to say. But this is something he can't help with. And I think as Ben starts telling him how he feels, he starts to realize it. But at least Ben does start talking, even if he has to face away from Callum to do it. He tells Callum that Pam came over to see how they were, and links it back to the last time they saw her, when she told them they should look after each other. He admits that he couldn't, that during the attack, he saw Callum on the ground getting kicked and he froze. He also says that he can't look after Callum, a distinction that suggests he's seeing his reaction as an innate part of him that means he can't be what people want him to be, no matter how much he wants to be or how much he tries. We then learn about how his reaction to seeing Callum like that has affected his view of Paul's attack as well, talk about a double whammy. Up until now he's held the belief that if he'd been there for Paul's attack, if they hadn't split up, he could have saved him. Not exactly a comfort, but it gives Ben some agency over his actions, an assurance that he would have been strong and brave if he'd had the chance. But knowing now that he'd frozen for Callum so probably would have frozen for Paul too, it's extra devastating. I don't even think it's entirely true as part of Ben's freeze response during the attack was because he was experiencing a flashback to Paul, but that doesn't matter, it's how Ben has perceived it, and he's realized that there's a possibility he couldn't have stopped it happening to Paul, and that makes all of the fighting seem pointless. Like he not only can't be what his dad or whoever else wants him to be, he can't even be who he wants to be. It's one heck of an identity crisis. Callum is looking at him, totally silent because what can you say to that? The helplessness is emanating from both of them. Ben expands on his feeling that he's not up to being anything that he's supposed to be. Husband, dad, son, brother. Strong, tough, proud. Unafraid. He can't square the different parts of him and he's tired of trying. If he's not the proud gay bloke or the heir to the Mitchell Empire, then who is he? It breaks Callum's heart to hear what Ben is saying, of course it does. Ben's pride is a source of inspiration for him, as we've said before. It changed his life. Even as recently as the day of the attack, Ben's attitude was lifting Callum up too, about showing those full of hate that they haven't won. It's the thing Callum's come to rely on from Ben, to show him how to embrace who he is. So to see Ben like this, Hearing the defeat in his voice, is a shock for him too. Ben goes on to say he spent his whole life pretending not to be scared, and doesn't that just shatter your heart? You can even hear the fear taking over in his voice as he says it, that wobble. And it echoes back to that night lying drunk and upset on Paul's bed, where he said he spent his whole life trying to be someone else. Someone he's not. And he's echoing similar sentiments here. He declares that he's not pretending anymore. He's terrified and he can't muster the strength to hide it. Ben's struggle is complex, deep-rooted and long-standing. And Callum can hear that and he can't think of what to say, there's not much anyone can say. And I think that's what they're trying to show here. His loved ones are trying their best, well, some of them, but they don't have the answers, or the solutions. Basically, get that boy a therapist. And someone mend my broken heart while we're at it.